Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. Joining us again, it is Kyrie Thompson from WEI, the first in Foxborough podcast as the season is wrapped up. Kyrie, I thought there was nobody better to wrap up this season than with you. What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm just kind of uh, coming to grips with it all. I mean, I went to Gillette for the last time on Monday for for cleanup day, which honestly, I had never done that before. It is depressing, you know, being being (laughs) there, watching people cleaning out their lockers. And I mean, you you get people who are are good sports about it, willing to talk. I mean, Jacoby Myers talked for a little bit. Uh, Dietrich Wise Jr. is there uh, keeping everybody's spirits up. But it's tough. It's tough because some of these guys – aren't going to see each other again uh, on the same team for a minute. Well, speaking of that, I thought some of the comments that Bill made yesterday were real interesting, right? So Bill was asked about, hey, last year you spent an unprecedented amount of money in free agency, wondering after the second year if you felt like it was the best bang for your buck. So Bill basically said, and I'm paraphrasing some of it, but I'll get to the direct quote. One year is a Polaroid snapshot, but actually there are multiple years involved. At some point, the reconciliation has to come. Our spending in 2020, our spending in 2021, and our spending in 2022, the aggregate of that was 27th in the league, okay? So if you do look at it, Bill has a point. I mean, 2022, 28th, 2021, 20th, 2020, 30th, 21st, and 19th, 15th, and 18th, now 17th, they spent a ton of money fourth. But it did feel like Kyrie almost like, We heard Robert Kraft make comments last year about, hey, he wants to see some return on his investment. He spent all this money in free agency. But if you look at it through the course of history with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, he actually has been in the lower third in terms of spending, in terms of total cash. So did that feel like to you something that Bill just wanted to get off his chest because he felt like the perception was out there that he spent all this money? Yes. And you know what? I've seen some people suggest that maybe this is a shot at Bob Kraft, like, hey, you know, yeah, we spent all this money this one year, but most of the time we're 27th in the league or lower third in the league. And it's like, hey, we're we're just not spending that much money because, hey, owner guy over there is kind of cheap or what have you. But but the the, the way that I looked at it, though, was almost that this this doesn't help your argument. If you're trying to say, well, look, we're not mindless spendthrifts out there just, just choking away millions of dollars every single year. But you look at the reality of what they have spent that money on, which is the majority of it. I went on over the cap and checked this out. And I believe in, in 2022, they were spending about $97 million on their offense. And almost 70 million of that was going to their wide receivers and tight ends. And aside from Jacoby Myers, who has been worth the investment at those positions? None of them have. I'll go ahead and answer that for you. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, that, that's, that's pretty glaring. And then when you look at the positions that they've been cheap at, like cornerback, they, I mean, look, they were not as bad as I expected them to be. I give them credit for, for playing up a little bit and, and getting mo- the most out of that talent. But then when they go up against the Jamar chases and the Stefan Diggs, they get exposed. So yep. great. You go ahead and just, you, you spend a lot of money in one place and, and the, return on the investment hasn't been good. I mean, it's been good in other places like Matthew Judon. That's at, that was absolutely worth the pay a hundred percent for that. 
But then you look at the position like, okay, well, we, we spent a lot in some areas, but not in others. So we're not super, uh, you know, uh, or prodigal. We're actually pretty cheap. And the areas that you went cheap in are also getting exposed. So there's really no way you win this argument if you're Bill Belichick to me. Yeah, the tight end thing is a complete disaster. Even if we thought, hey, maybe Janu takes a step forward in year two, it didn't happen. Hunter Henry's a fine player. He's a good player. He's not worthy of the money that he's making. And the Aguilar thing, whether that's on the coaching staff, whether that's on the player, it just never worked out here either. And you're spending all these mo- all this money on tight ends and receivers and you don't have a legitimate number one. I mean, it's, it's really embarrassing. So that was Bill's comment. And I thought it was interesting that Kraft that they actually released a statement or sent an email, I should say, to the season ticket holders. And the thing that stuck out to me in this statement, because, I mean, you can read it. It's not super long if you want to go ahead and check the whole thing out. But the thing that stuck out to me, Kyrie, is in the weeks ahead, we will be making critical evaluations of all elements of our football operation as we strive to improve and return to the playoffs next year. Okay, so this is we know exactly what's going on. We know that everybody is shitting on Patricia Cam Accord, and it feels like to me this was sort of a sentiment from the ownership to the fan base saying, don't panic, we are going to make changes, and I would expect that means that Patricia is no longer calling plays next year, and maybe Cam Accord is given his walking papers. Heck, I would say, put Joe Judge there. Let Joe Judge be the special teams coach. Get him away from Mac in the offense, but I think that that signaled to the fan base that, hey, there are changes coming on the coaching staff. I mean, a thousand percent. You cannot look at what just happened on offense where you went from, you know, uh, like the the 11th or whatever scoring offense in the league. And you're kind of in the top half of the league and then you drop down to 26th and, and, you're, and you're a bottom 10 team in terms of scoring and yards and all of that. And I mean, Mac Jones went from 11th in uh, you know, EPA, you know, and, and uh, you know, completion percentage over expected composite numbers. And he went from 11th last year as a rookie to 29th this year. Oh, oh. I mean, and look, the personnel is largely the same. So you tell me what changed. I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious. And so you you absolutely cannot go into next year with Matt Patricia calling your plays, designing your offense. I mean, that's actually one thing where I don't know who took on the leadership role in designing the offense. If it was Patricia, if it was Judge. Because I keep on telling people, I don't know what Joe Judge does. I mean, they talk about him, <laughs> they talk about him being the quarterback's coach and, and whatever. But, I mean, you never see him really doing a whole lot of anything. He's just kind of chilling in the back. And so it's like maybe he you know, was part of the, the, the design issues and stuff. And maybe uh, he deserves some blame that they're shielding him from. I have no idea. But look, I think, yes, as you said, get him as far away from Mac Jones as possible. That's an easy one. Now, of course, I don't think you can name him officially the special teams coordinator if you want the New York Giants to keep on paying his salary. But with Patricia, you ain't got to worry about that at all. Because I think the the Lions are done paying him after this year. So you go ahead and do whatever you want to do with him. Keep him as your senior football advisor, what have you. But yeah, that, that ain't going to work. Get him away from the offensive side of the football. And to me, I would hope this also means, hey, look, Bill, you've been great. You've won a lot of championships, a lot of conference titles, what have you. But your way of doing things and, and us just kind of letting you uh, do it however way that you want, it's not working right now. So we're going to maybe have some input here in terms of we're going to have you hire a real offensive coach, whether that's Bill O'Brien 
or, or what have you, but it's gotta, it's gotta be a real competent guy with experience. We are not going to accept another situation where it's like, Oh yeah, you know, they're really good coaches. They could coach anything. Let me go ahead and throw them on the offensive side of the football, because frankly, what happened was embarrassing. And I don't think they want to hear another year of headlines like this. Yeah. We can't have any more where it's, you're either related to Bill, and by the way, Steve Belichick did a good job. This is not an indictment on him, but the way he hires right now is you're related to me or you owe me. Like the guys that are coming back to the organization are guys that owe Bill, right? I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now in terms of the hiring process. And it was, and I'm sure you were infuriated by this too, Kyrie, like seeing Mac Jones nine for nine on play action in the week, or, or I should say the season finale when they didn't do that all year. He's third to last in drop back percentage we in terms of play on- action. All year long. And some people are like, yeah, well, Mac Jones doesn't like turning his back to the defense or maybe he doesn't want under center play action. I don't know. He looked pretty good at it to me. So he literally said it. He literally said he likes play action. He likes RPOs. And he was eight for eight in the first half. He had one play action attempt in the second half. It's kind of like a microcosm of the season. Like, oh, hey, we found something that works. Let's not use it anymore. But I (laughs) did want to ask you about Mac here because. Bill was asked, like, is Mac the starter next year? And he said he has the ability to play quarterback in the league. We have we have to all work together to try to find the best way as a football team, which obviously the quarterback is an important position to be more productive than we were this year. So that's incumbent upon all of us. We'll all work together on that. Again, we'll look for better results. So that comment to me, it doesn't really sound like a ringing endorsement of Mac. What it sounds like to me is he's saying, I believe Mac can be a quarterback, a starting quarterback in this league but he's got to play better. He's got to play better than he was this year. And that's sort of taken the coaching element out of what happened. But what did you make when you heard Bill say that yesterday? See, I think people jumped immediately to, oh, Bill Belichick didn't endorse Mac Jones as the starter. I mean, he hasn't done that all year. So why start now if you're Bill Belichick, right? (laughs) But I feel like the way that I read it was a bit differently, where you're kind of to your point. It's like, look, Mac Jones can clearly play in the NFL. We've seen that he can play in the NFL. We've seen that he can start, okay, that, that, he, that he is a good player. And I feel like that's the part that we need to think about there. Is that, that's what Bill Belichick said. Because you look at what was said about Matt Patricia, Joe Judge and such, it was, well, we're evaluating everything. I mean, he didn't sit up there and say, oh, yeah, is Mac, is Mac Jones your, your starting quarterback going into 2023? Oh, we're evaluating everything. I mean, he did say, like, look, we have, we need to look at the offense and why it needs to produce better. And obviously, quarterback is a big position. But I feel like, to me, it was more like, look, Mac Jones is not the biggest problem on my offense. Clearly, he needs to play better. Everybody needs to play better. And we need to figure out why they didn't play up to the level that they did last year. When, again, it was largely the same personnel. And I think one part of the answer is really simple. It's the offensive coaching. But the other part is, look, to me, it's a talent issue as well, because Mac Jones has shown at various points that he could kind of play through the schematic part of it. Right. Where, look, I think he did a great job against the Buffalo Bills, actually. I I know through three interceptions, but he did a good job of taking what the Bills were giving him and, and showing growth over the last couple of times that he's played this team because they've really tried to make him play to his weaknesses. And I think he did a better job of showing that, hey, those aren't so weak anymore. I can do that. There are reasons to think that Mac Jones grew. But again, I think that when you talk about quarterbacks and you want to see guys elevate teams, that's that's always the, the buzz phrase everybody says. I want a quarterback who can elevate a team. When you're really young, you need your team to kind of elevate you 
at a certain extent. That's why we talk about, oh, yeah, we got to go get Trevor Lawrence some weapons, or we need to go get Justin Fields some weapons or Mac Jones some weapons, because you're not trying to ask a second or third year quarterback to elevate a bunch of bums. You need to support them. And then once you support them, you can see what they can actually do. They didn't support Mac Jones this year to the level of even a Zach Wilson. Like, for example, you put Mac Jones in New York. I think that team makes the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you have Garrett Wilson at receiver, right? I mean, it's it's a really fair point because of the fact that, all right, well, he wasn't supported on two levels. A, the coaching. The coaching was atrocious from an offensive perspective. And B, the personnel. Like, he didn't have one of the two that you needed. You think about, and I always come back to the Jimmy Garoppolo example. Look at San Francisco. He has the coaching, a great offensive play caller, and he always had the personnel. Look at Brock Purdy right now. Right? <laughs> this guy's Mr. Irrelevant. And look what he's able to do with good coaching and good players. So it's a really fair point. All right. So you're down for some grading here on the season. Okay. All right. Let's start with Mac because we're just talking about him. So you look at the numbers, 21st in passing yards per game, 18th in completion percentage, 26th in passer rating, 25th in yards per attempt. And I've outlined on multiple occasions, he was the worst rated passer from pro football focus against the Blitz. Some of that has to do with the coaching staff. I'm not excluding that whatsoever. But when I look at Mac, I would go with slightly below average this year. I would say he's a C minus where I don't think that you won any games this season because of Mac. But I can't put him in the D level, Kyrie, because even though the numbers are really bad, we have to acknowledge the coaching staff. We have to acknowledge the players as well. So I would say Mac this year is slightly below average. I would give him a C minus on the season. I would give him C minus as well. And I think that obviously you mentioned they didn't win any games because of Mac Jones. I don't know that they straight up lost games because of Mac Jones either. You could point to, I mean, maybe the Baltimore game where he threw three interceptions, but like the Bills game, eh, you didn't lose that because of Mac Jones. Not, not, in, not in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, special were, teams. Yeah, you lost that because of special teams. <laughs> yeah, you were in it because of Mac Jones, uh, you know, leading those touchdown drives. So, I mean, I think it's hard to accurately say Mac Jones was, was horrible because I don't really think that's true one way or another. I mean, the numbers are bad, but everybody was bad on this offense because the system was bad. The coaching was bad. The execution is bad. And I mean, what do you want Mac Jones to do for a couple of those situations where he's trying to throw a screen and like nobody's looking or guys bump into each other on the route and they're down on the ground. He's like, you were supposed to be my first read. Uh, now I'm screwed. So there's certain there's so many things that were outside of Mac Jones's control this year where I just don't think that you can realistically point to him and say you were the problem. But there were plenty of things that were in Mac Jones's control. And I think his emotions were probably part of that, where he could have done a better job on, on just the things that, that were personally within his control. But I think he showed enough this year to say that he's not some abjectly terrible quarterback. He's just not a guy that is going to put on a Superman cape. And I know a lot of people want that. It's great when you have that guy, but even Superman himself was not going to save this offense. Well, and that's a great point, too, on like, I was okay with an outburst or two, but when they kept happening, it's like, man, we all know what the problem is, but you you got to stop doing this because that position is also a position of leadership. You can't keep having these outbursts towards the coaching staff. Like that has to stop. You're showing them up on the field. I thought it got to the point where I was empathetic at times, but it's like, dude, we get it. Like you're mad. Everybody's bad. Like you got to calm down. You got to be the guy that is in charge of this team, right? 
Okay, so the running backs, I can't really give anybody a grade besides Ramondre because Damian Harris didn't play that much. I'm going with an A. I know you can look at the fumble against Cincinnati. Maybe you dock him A- minus because you're, you had a chance to win that game, but you just look at it. I mean, yards after contact, he was third per attempt, 3.81. 30, uh, 30 10-plus yard runs, that was eighth. 69 receptions, Kyrie, that was fourth. And he didn't have Damian Harris for most of the season to spell him. So Ramondre Stevenson, if you're looking for something from the offense to say, Oh, yeah, we have a stud. You have one of the premier running backs in the NFL. So I don't know how you don't go with anything. At worst, you give him an A minus, but I got to give him an A. Yeah, I'll be a stickler and give him the A minus because of the, the ball security issues. I mean, look, you're, you might not even be talking about uh, the season would probably still be going on right now if the Patriots had just won that game because they would have got the nine wins. And, and there you go. And then obviously he was part of, unfortunately, throwing away the Vegas game. Uh, so, so, I mean, look, that, that's a problem, but I think that in terms of his growth, I mean, absolutely. He, he became everything we wanted him to become. He is a true third down running back. He creates stuff out of nothing all the time. And, and look, I mean, he, he soldiered his way through this season. He was, he was just dog tired by the end of this year. They were riding him so hard. I mean, you could, you could see it, but he was out there giving it everything he had. I have a lot of respect for him and what he did. And I have a lot of respect for just his ability to get through some of the struggles that he had even in, in that first year. And everybody knew he could play, and they were just trying to get the best out of him. Now look at where he was when he was just getting dog-cussed by Ivan Fears and Josh McDaniels just seemingly every minute he was doing something wrong but it's because they knew how good he could be. And here he is as one of the better running backs in the NFL. It's been excellent to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's probably fair. I probably want to redo my grade and give him the A minus because that was a huge fumble. I mean, that was, that was a costly fumble. So you're probably right on that. I probably lean towards the A minus now that you, you've convinced me, Kyrie, I'm going A minus yeah, over there. Yeah, but I, it's like, that. that's, it's not even to say uh, that's a huge, huge, huge knock on him because all the good really outweighed, weighed the bad, but just, yeah, there were a couple of mistakes that, I hope that he learns from going into next year. All right, so I'll go with the offensive line like as a unit, right? So if you look at ESPN's pass block win rate, they were 17th. Pro Football Focus had him at 12th. Run block, they were 20th via PFF. They were 32nd via ESPN, and we saw that. I mean, that hence the numbers were yards after contact for Andre Stevenson, right? Now, if you look at Trent Brown, 13 total flags. Obviously, he got some decline. That was tied for the third most, and... Win was 77th out of 87 tackles via pro football focus grading. I'm not saying this is the perfect thing, but it kind of does make sense that you would have him 77th based on the way that he played when he was actually yeah. out there. Now, on when you was the fourth ranked guard, he had another good season. Strange, not great, 65th. Andrews, 26th ranked center, all pro football focus. But just some of the games stick out to me, like the Jets game where Mac was under pressure, 38.6% of his dropbacks. <laughs> there were games where... Even if the numbers look better than the product we watched, there were games where it was really bad for the Patriots this season. I would give that group a D, and the reason I don't go lower than that is just because on when you did have a really good season. So and Ferentz played well when he was in there. So on when you kind of picks them up, right? Yeah, I think that it's probably more C minus for me. Um, I think though that you could you could argue that some of that was more against or more dominating some some bad teams or, or teams that were missing some of their better players. Um, See, so you, you could go with that. I think the offensive line was not necessarily as horrible 
as it looked a lot of the time, but you also have to look at the fact that, okay, maybe the, the, the protection was generally like, okay, but the run blocking was, was much rougher than you'd want it yeah. to be, especially towards the end of the year. And, and that really hampered the Patriots, the fact that they could not run the football as effectively as they needed to. And I mean, you talk about Isaiah Wynn, right? Well, Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon at one point were like, I, I remember checking uh, just all tackles that had played. And like Isaiah Wynn was like the 93rd tackle or something like that. Marcus Cannon was like the 98th in terms of pro football focus grade, which I tend to, I tend to go with pro football focus grades more for offensive linemen than most other positions. So, I mean, I think it's a relatively accurate gauge. So, I mean, bad, very, very bad. You've got to up, you've got to upgrade that position in the draft and free agency, whatever you've got to do. I think Connor McDermott actually played fairly solidly. They, they got him back after, after losing him a couple of years ago. <laughs> Uh, but I think he, he did a solid job in relief and, and maybe he's going to be back and have an opportunity to compete for, for a job next year. I, I think I'd be open to that, but Trent Brown it was a tough year for him, sick, hurt, you know, what have you. I mean, it just, he just wasn't fully healthy. wasn't fully engaged. You talk about the fact that he got moved to left tackle when he was expecting to be a right tackle. He's getting paid like a right tackle. And I heard that there were some rumblings that he wasn't really all that cool with, with that part, that if he knew he was going to be a left tackle, he had to ask for more money. But I mean, that's what it is, right? Patriots want to save bucks wherever they can. Um, he was very good at points, particularly for a guy who was getting left on an island a lot. But man, as the year went on, he, he just wasn't holding up his end. I think the interior of the offensive line generally was pretty solid. I mean, David Andrews, when he was healthy, he was fine. Ference was probably better than I thought he was going to be. There were times where he was getting abused. But, I mean, look, most guys are going to get killed by Quinn and Williams. It is what it is. Cole yeah. Strange, I mean, he started every game. I mean, it wasn't always pretty. And there were definitely some learning moments, which I think were made worse by the fact that Trent Brown wasn't playing his best football. But I think all things considered, you probably feel decent about Cole Strange's first year at, at left guard. So I think you upgrade the tackle spots and you're probably feeling a lot better about this. So yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think it's a failing grade, but you definitely, it has to be better for sure. All right. And then if we put the pass catchers together, the tight ends and the receivers, like I don't want to dismiss what Jacoby Myers did this year because he was phenomenal. 67 receptions. His yards per game were up. His touchdowns were up by four yards per reception, 10.4 up to 12. The rating when targeted, this is a big one that stuck out to me, went from 81 to 116. That was 10th among players that were targeted at least 60 times. But then you think about the rest of the groups. We mentioned the tight ends earlier. Just, I mean, no production there. I mean, you look at it. Jonu Smith had 27 receptions, 38th of 43 qualified tight ends. I'm surprised there was that many. Yeah, and it's, it's not like he was cheap either. I mean, the guy's making a lot of money. You had five tight ends, had more receptions than... Hunter Henry and John o. Smith combined. Kelsey, Hawkinson, Ingram, Andrews, and Higby. And you look at the rest of the receiving group, like, I, I don't know how many times I talked about getting Bourne more involved, but we do have to acknowledge that the guy had a bad training camp, right? I mean, that's not something that was made up. I wish they involved him more. He did not have the same season. A lot of that's he wasn't out there as much. Tyquan Thornton, I thought he was okay in his rookie campaign. Devontae Parker was, eh. A lot of interceptions when he was targeted. A big catch the other day. But all in all, if I was going to rate this group of 
weapons. And Aguilar was not good this season. Besides that catch he made against Pittsburgh, which was incredible. That's like the big catch that he made. And some of it I know is usage and all that, but I would give them a D. I, I just think that this group didn't help the young quarterback. Nope, they absolutely did not. I mean, you could say D might even be a bit charitable, but I think it's probably fine um, because, because of Jacoby Myers. And, and Jacoby Myers probably going to get to 1,000 yards if he if he played the entire season. He was having that kind of year. He's clearly a good player. He's going to be one of the most, if not the most, sought-after free agent receiver on the market. So if the Patriots want to keep him, they better start putting the money out there now. Do not let him get to the market because then he's going to start seeing offers of you know $10 million, $12 million a year. He's going to be like, I'm going to go someplace else potentially because he's he's earned that. He has earned that. But I think in terms of the rest of the unit, I mean, it was a lot of it was contingent on health. And so a lot of it was contingent on the fact that the offense was bad. And I mean, that the play design was bad and all kinds of other things. But I mean, look, I had I had some different hopes for this unit because I thought that if you had a bunch of solid receivers, and particularly Devontae Parker being involved in this, that maybe you could slide some guys around and use them a little bit more creatively. But the problem is you didn't use them more creatively. You didn't use Nelson Aguilar more creatively. You didn't use Kendrick Bourne basically at all. And so essentially you you went ahead and you got Devontae Parker to make things easier on other people. And then you had him run the same two or three routes the entire season. And then you didn't do anything else with the other guys that were down the belt. So, I mean, a lot of it is, is, Again, to me, coaching related, but you had, you had drops in there. You had guys running the wrong routes. You had guys running into each other, guys being in the same areas. I mean, it, it, was, it was generally just a bad year all around. And you got to have more for your young quarterback, as you mentioned. And to me, I think if you're talking about offensive line being the number one need, which I think would probably be the number one need they do need to address, in free agency, specifically the tackle spot, getting a, a real number one wide receiver come hell or high water. That's easily the next thing on the list. That's got to be it. I mean, look across the league. How many times do we have to point this out? All these quarterbacks that are not, to your point earlier, superhuman, right? The superhero type quarterbacks. Look at what happens when you get these guys weapons. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. They turn these quarterbacks' careers around. So I don't know I mean, what... Josh Allen, too. I mean, yeah, you Stephon had to Diggs. Stephon Diggs. So, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins. He's got, he had Diggs and then he had Jefferson. And the guys had like a really good career because of the weapons he's had around them. I just... I hope that Bill changed his opinion on this. Maybe he thought one of those guys would be that guy, but just get... And here's the thing. He had Gronk for all these years, Kyrie. Gronk's basically the same thing, except he plays tight end. Every Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator has a game plan for Gronk. Now, the one thing that he benefited from with Gronk is he didn't have to pay him like a receiver, right? So it's like, you could argue, like, if you look at that, I would say, like, last decade when Gronk was in his prime and you had... Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, like those are probably the two best weapons outside of Gronk. You could make an argument that Gronk was the best guy and the cap hit compared to Julio was significantly less just yeah. because you got away with. Remember, who was it? Jimmy Graham tried to appeal yeah. that he was so like Belichick got away with that. So you you have to realize that that's the same thing as having a number. In fact, it may be better than having a number one receiver, but you're not going to find tight ends like that. Like, I mean, how, the Tra- Travis Kelsey over in Kansas City, right? But so, how, I mean, how many are in, there? How yeah, many I are mean, there? Like, and that's why, I mean, you go back to these tight end signings like they weren't going to be Gronk. Like, how many guys are really that impactful at that position right now? Kelsey, Mark Andrews. 
I mean, Kittle's, George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle. But I mean, you think about receivers, we could name like 10 or 15, right? So like, I just hope that they go after a premier weapon because man, that would really get a better gauge of your quarterback. All right, we'll just do the defense in general because I felt like to your point about the corners, you're spot on. Like when you played good receivers, they ate you up. I mean, Diggs last week, seven for 104 in the touchdown. The prior game, seven for 92. Jefferson, nine for 139. Hill the first week, eight for 94. And look, Jack Jones had a good rookie season. I mean, some of the numbers on him are really good, but the problem is he got suspended at the end of the season, which obviously wasn't good when he was rehabbing. I thought Jonathan Jones had a really good season. The safeties, Duggar was outstanding. And you look at Duggar, he, this past season, second in pressures among safeties. So that was good. McCourty's numbers actually looked better than maybe actually the raw product this year when you actually saw him on the field. The edge guys were great. I mean, Uche... In win rate, he's six in the NFL, 24.1% among edge players. We know what Judon did this year. And even if you say, okay, final two games, he didn't have a sack. He was still tied for fourth in the NFL in sacks. Wise had a good season. The one thing I would say about the D-line, Kyrie, is the Pats were 31st in stuff rate, 13% football outsiders metric. So they weren't really great in that interior against the run. The linebackers... You had a good season from Bentley, I would say, at least a lot better than I expected. And remember, you were playing three safeties a lot, so you kind of got to group the line. And Tavai wasn't bad, like, after, like, I didn't think yeah. that guy was going to be, he wasn't bad. I mean, he was passable. So all in he all, got, he got better. He got better yeah. all year. And, and I think you got to give him props for that because I wasn't a huge fan of the idea that that they really liked him that much and they wanted to start him. But I mean, look, he, he did a good job. You got to give it to him. Yeah, so the defense, Kyrie, I would go B-plus because all the numbers tell you that this group was elite. Here's the problem I have. You didn't beat a good quarterback. You lost to Josh Allen twice. You lost to Lamar. You lost to Tua. You lost to Kirk Cousins. You lost to Justin Fields. You beat Zach Wilson twice, right? I mean, these are the guys you beat. You didn't. Re- you beat Sam Ellinger. So that's what's having me not put them up to an A is just because this group was great. The numbers were great, but they never had that signature win over a good quarterback. They lost to Joe Burrow. They never beat that good quarterback. And I know a lot of that has to do with the offense and maybe I'm unfair, but every once in a while, your great defense has to beat a great quarterback when your offense doesn't have it going. And we didn't see that from this team. And I mean, look, it's because they, they are a good defense. I mean, I think we, we kind of learned from this movie last year where they were dominating teams and then they came up against better ones and then they started to tail off in their production. But look, we, we knew coming into this that they didn't upgrade the defense talent-wise all that much. As a matter of fact, they kind of willfully went into uh, you know, some, some areas with holes, like cornerback and linebacker, where you could say they, they got worse uh, potentially from, from last year to this year. In, term, in terms of talent and kind of what you were projecting from them uh, coming into the year. But I think that when you look at what they ended up doing this year, I probably feel better about their performance this year than I did about last year. I think they were more competitive. I mean, obviously, look, the, the Bills beat them with their hand tied behind their back in Gillette Stadium a couple of weeks ago. But I think they did a much better job against them this time around, even though you get beat in the end because, I mean – Josh Allen just chucks one to Stephon Diggs and rolls out and hits John Brown. But, but again, you look, 14 of those points came from kick return touchdowns. So that's 21 points allowed. If your yeah. offense is anything like what you're supposed to, what you want to be there, then you should be able to stay competitive in that game. And I think that, again, they gave up 22 first half points against the Bengals. And then people say, oh, the Bengals took their foot off the gas. They were still throwing the ball. 
I mean, they, they were still trying to win. They were trying to score points. And I mean, there, there were parts where they arguably should have scored more points. But, but again, they held that defense to zero points in the second half. I feel like last year that would not have happened. They would have gotten their doors completely blown off. I think that they showed they were more resilient, that they had guys playing better together as a unit than they did a year ago, at least in my opinion. But again, as you mentioned, who were they beating? Mitchell Trubisky, you know, Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson twice, Jacoby Brissett. They don't have those, those elite quarterbacks on on their on their docket, on their infinity stone, you know, the infinity gauntlet. They ain't got that. And, and I mean, you look at again the quarterbacks that they lost to, not just the elite ones, but the guys that could move. They lost to a three and fourteen Bears, a, a team that ended up going three and fourteen. Number one because pick. They, because they couldn't stop that guy from just running around all over them. So, I mean, again, it's the same old story. It's the same story as it was last year. And so to me, again, you got to find a way to upgrade the talent on the outside of that defense. Matthew Judon's very good. You want another year of a healthy Christian Barmore. But to me, you got to get another impact player on the interior as well. So it's not just Christian Barmore pushing the pocket because you're not really getting pass rush from any of those other guys. And then it was great to see Josh Uche start to break out. Anthony yeah. Jennings, I thought, had a solid year after really not seeing a whole lot of him uh, for the last couple of seasons. But but again, on the outside, at the premium positions, you need more. Kyle Duggar's awesome. I love the guy. I predicted before the season that he might end up this season being the Patriots' best overall player, and he made a case for it by the end. But that while that's great, you don't want him outside covering Stefan Diggs. So you got to find somebody that you can trust to go ahead and do that. Because until you do, until you find guys that can straight up lock down or, or really just be competitive on every single snap, not having Miles Bryant chasing Isaiah McKenzie all over the field or John Brown all over the field, because he can't do it. Like I, I really like Miles Bryant, but he can't do that stuff. You're going to still struggle against the speed and athleticism and playmaking that are in your, your division right now. All right, Kyrie, and before I let you go, one newsworthy item, if you will. Gerard Mayo, the Browns have already requested to interview him, it feels like. And I know that we're looking at Flores is up for that job as well, or at least they put in a request to interview him for that gig as well. It just feels like with the contractual standpoint where he's done, I believe the contract's up, Kyrie. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. It feels like Gerard Mayo is going to either get a gig as a defensive coordinator where he has that title or maybe even a stealth candidate to get a head coaching vacancy. I don't see him back with the Patriots in 2023. Do you? Nope. I think he's gone because I think, again, he's not going to, at this point, I wouldn't think that he's going to willingly come back for some linebackers coach slash play caller role or, or what have you. This guy's ready to be a defensive coordinator. He's ready to do the whole thing himself. He's been ready to do the whole thing himself. And he's not going to want to sit there and, and wait for his turn to finally be given the reins, it, which probably isn't going to happen because what is Steve Belichick going to get snapped up by another team? He's probably just going to stay with the Patriots as long as Bill is here. So, I mean, it's time for him to, in, in my eyes, go ahead, spread his wings and fly. I mean, the guy's going to get head coaching interviews probably as well. So to, to, to me, I think he's gone. I think it's also kind of likely that Nick Cayley is gone as well, because once you get passed over for Matt Patricia to run the offense and your contract is up as well, you probably want to go do something else and go work for somebody else too. 
Oh, man, I was so invested in the Kaylee thing. Like, before last year, I was comparing him like, hey, look at all these tight ends coach that became play callers. Make Nick Kaylee the guy, and it looks like it's never going to happen here. Speaking of the Steve Belichick thing, though, how funny would that be if, like, D'Amico Ryans is probably going to get a gig, right? So if he gets a head coaching job and Steve's mm-hmm. like, hey, Dad, uh, your friend uh, Mike Shanahan, his kid, Kyle, called me. They need a DC. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves. He leaves Bill. How bad would that? How funny would that be, though? That would be pretty cool. That, <laughs> I, wouldn't, would, I wouldn't hate on Steve for that. That would honestly be hilarious. And I mean, look, if you if you look at it, whether it's just even if he's just doing play calling and Gerard Mayo does most of the game planning, I don't really know how their arrangement works. But I mean, Steve Belichick hasn't been that bad in this job. I mean, yeah, you might have a job good. because of nepotism, but I mean, he's still doing a good job. So, I mean, I, if somebody offered him a job and, and he took it. I, I don't necessarily think that that would just be like, oh, it's just because you're because you're Belichick's kid. I mean, it might be part of it, but I mean, I think he's legitimately done fine. And then the thing is, though, if that were to happen, well, then you could just slide the other kid into the play calling role and have <laughs> fun with that. Or or you go ahead and just throw Matt Patricia over there like, hey, you want to be my senior football advisor and run my defense too? go ahead. So it's like he's got options if they want to do that. He certainly does. All right, that is Kyrie Thompson from WEI, the first in Foxborough podcast. Kyrie, thanks so much for coming on throughout the year, man. We really enjoyed it, really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll talk again soon, hopefully before the draft, because I know you're big into the draft, so we'll have to break that down with the Patriots having pretty good pick, 14th overall. Last time they were in that area, they took Mac Jones, so we'll see what they do this year. Kyrie, thanks so much for the time, man. Yes, sir. Anytime.